We are in to the last ballot is cast. Good to the last drop. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. In Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM KSO in Cozy Cottage Grove. Out in Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI. In Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM. And up in Minneapolis, St. Paul on the great AM950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And of course, coast to coast and around the globe, five days a week, streaming on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, Detour Talk in East Tennessee, and Blanketing Planet Earth. On Radio Sputnik, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Says me, but maybe not you. Boy, were people getting mad at me on the Twitters last night. Oh, were they really? Oh, everybody. Sanders supporters, uh, Hillary supporters, uh, Donald Trump supporters. You were an equal opportunity offender, apparently. Well, apparently so. I make no friends, but that's what I do. Uh, So thank you for being my radio friend today. Uh, Also, uh, thank you, Desi (laughs) Doyen, for uh, what will be coming up as our Green News. Oh, I should let everyone know. We will get into the results It was another election day on Tuesday in Kentucky and in Oregon. And uh, so we will get through all of the results, uh, what we know about them and concerns about them. Details on many of the problems that were cited by uh, by folks, uh, largely uh, Bernie Sanders supporters on Tuesday night and still today. I've tried to look at all of them as best I can and find out what uh, what we should really be concerned about and what maybe we shouldn't be concerned about. So we will have some uh, concerns and debunkage ahead. And as I started to say, Desi Doyne, your Green News report, um, if the radio gods are with us, we have that much show today. I know, so much show. It's going to get, it it could very well get blown away by the news volcano. So you be prepared to be completely pushed off uh, for another day with your... (laughs) With your silly green news report. It's uh, just the fate of the planet. That's I mean, right. come on. Fate of the planet and the, what is it, the 12th straight month of record heat, all-time record heat yeah. uh, in this on this planet. But That's, uh, you know, we'll get to it. But uh, something that did not get in, but some, so uh, a couple of items of breaking news before we get to the results and the concerns and so forth. Uh, in Sri Lanka today, uh, over 200 families uh, ha- were feared buried by landslides in Sri Lanka. According to AP, soldiers and police were using sticks and bare hands on Wednesday to dig through enormous piles of mud 
covering houses in three different villages hit by massive landslides in central Sri Lanka. Hundreds of families reported missing. Uh, rescuers, uh, let's see, by, by late evening on, uh, what was it, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, uh, they had pulled out a number of bodies uh, from the mud and debris that were unleashed by several days of heavy rain across the island nation. Officials say the extent of the tragedy is unclear. Uh, Sri Lankan Red Cross said at least 220 families were unaccounted for originally. Now uh, you have an update, Des, that yes. they started to... Yeah, yeah, they have uh, an update that some of those families have managed to make it to relief centers, so that has lowered the uh, a number of people missing to about 150. That's still too many. Um, 150 so people or 50, 150 families? 150 people okay. or so, because, of course, you know, communications are difficult in this uh, ravaged area. It's a mountainous area. They received over 15 inches of rain in less than 24 hours in some areas, and uh, that that just caused the massive uh, flash floods and the mudslides. So hopefully the uh, rescuers will be able to get people now, out. But the dead confirmed dead are only 37 confirmed. So far. And I'm also concerned about your numbers, Ms. Doy. And we will see because there were three different villages that were uh, inundated. Uh, and while they don't have uh, exact population totals for those villages, uh, they they think they're around 1,000 to 1,500 residents in each um, so we will see. Uh, just, just horrible uh, reading one of the stories here about uh, one farmer who had 18 other family members uh, possibly buried under the mud. He and his wife left their home to take fruit to a daughter who lived elsewhere. But at some point, his wife turned back. And that was the last time he ever saw her. That's terrible. So uh, just uh, some terrible stories here. And uh, the same rains apparently also unleash mudslides. The same ones that unleashed the mudslides also caused severe flooding uh, in uh, Colombo, the capital of Sri Lanka. Tens of thousands of homes were lost, uh, were at least partially inundated, I should say. Uh, do we know the uh, the connection the at this climate point to climate? The climate context for this? Yeah. Well, yeah, there does appear to have been a blocking pattern that kept this storm parked over that part of Sri Lanka yep. and, uh, and has... Uh, created the amount of time for that storm to dump all of that rain. Normally it would have moved along, but because of, of the loss of Arctic sea ice, and this is an area of science that is under active investigation, but they're linking the loss of Arctic sea ice to changes in the jet stream. The jet stream pattern is changing. It doesn't move as fast. It meanders, and that helps storms to park over certain locations and create these extreme weather events that seem to go on forever. Other than that, it's a complete hoax, says Donald Trump uh, informs us, as does the entire uh, Republican Party at this point, unfortunately. Uh, some breaking election news, uh, some good news here. Let's uh, hit some good news here. On Tuesday, Connecticut became the fifth state in the nation to approve a system allowing residents to be automatically registered to vote every time they visit a Department of Motor Vehicles. Uh, they're following the lead in Connecticut of Oregon, California, West Virginia, and Vermont, who have all done so within the past year, uh, who have passed laws to do so. The this uh, Connecticut, however, is the first to implement the policy administratively rather than passing a bill through the legislature. The Secretary of State... Uh, it says that an estimated 400,000 eligible voters will be added to the rolls thanks to this new procedure. Uh, it was hammered out with the Connecticut DMV uh, as the state was being sued. 
because uh, of a failure to meet the uh, the motor voter law, the Voter Registration Act, which requires DMV offices to make registration uh, available to everyone who uses the office. They don't automatically do it by federal law, but they are supposed to ask uh, people who are you know going to the DMV to get a driver's license or do any other business if they would like to register. Apparently, Connecticut has not been doing that. This will make up for that, for that failure to follow the federal uh, the federal law on that. Um, and other states are looking at this as well. So this is very good news. Uh, and it, we'll see if it affects the current lawsuit that the Department of Justice has authorized uh, against the, quote, widespread noncompliance with federal laws regarding voter registration. So that's a federal law. When it comes to the uh, to the DMV and uh, offering registration to people who come in, it's a federal law that apparently Chris Kobach, the Kansas secretary of state, has been ignoring for quite a while. And uh, now a federal judge on Tuesday has ordered the Kansas Republican secretary of state, one of the great voter fraud fraudsters in this country, also the guy who wrote the Papers, Please Law Against Immigrants. Uh, in Arizona, he's now the secretary of state in uh, uh, Kansas who ran on the idea of stopping voter fraud, voter fraud that he has been unable to show since taking office about five or six years ago. Uh, in any event, uh, they passed a law that he wrote in Kansas requiring that uh, when people when new people register to vote, they show proof of citizenship. This is now required by Kansas law. A federal judge now on Tuesday has ordered uh, that the uh, Chris Kobach register about 18,000 rejected voters who filed applications at the DMV, but did not provide proof of citizenship that is now required under Kansas law. Kobach, of course, says he will file an emergency repeal uh, appeal to the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals in Denver because, of course, he will. Uh, the judge, Judge Julie Robinson, said that Kansas's proof of citizenship law conflicts with the Federal Motor Voter Act, which was passed by Congress to make it easier to vote. Um, Robinson approved a preliminary injunction requiring Kobach to register prospective voters who were rejected since 2013 because they didn't file those documents proving their citizenship. So they could not they couldn't vote. What ended up happening was a lot of court cases. The court cases continue on this. But basically what they have now is if in Kansas, if you have uh, registered to vote and you haven't provided these papers, you can vote in federal elections, but you can't vote in uh, state elections. You can vote in, you know, for U.S. House and Senate and the presidency, but not in the state and local elections. It's crazy. It is chaos what Kobach has done there. And now the judge is ordering that he undo that, at least for the 18,000 voters who were uh, not given full registration after registering at the DMV. Kobach has said the injunction would cause administrative chaos. <laughs> it, it, while they're preparing for uh, elections in August and November, uh, he says that uh, identifying the affected voters would take about an hour of computer time, but that county election offices would then have to change all of these 18,000 registrations individually. Well, out here in California, which is the largest uh, voting jurisdiction in the nation, actually here in, Los uh, in L.A. County, that's specifically the largest voting jurisdiction in the nation, we register 
or change party affiliations up until about, what is I think it's two weeks before the election. Uh, we've got our big primary coming out here on uh, June 7. You can register to vote. You can change your party affiliation all the way up until May 23rd. That is next Monday for the June 7 primary. You can even request a vote-by-mail ballot out here in uh, in L.A. up until May 31 for the June 7 election. Uh, so in any event, back in Kansas, Judge Robinson was unsympathetic to Kobach's argument. Uh, she wrote that although the court is cognizant that the injunction will cause some administrative burden to the state, it is a burden that is outweighed by the risk of thousands of otherwise eligible voters being disenfranchised in upcoming federal elections. Uh, she went on to note that the state has identified only three illegal voters and 14 illegal registrants from 1995 to 2013. On this record, she wrote, the court cannot find that the state's interest in preventing non-citizens from voting in Kansas outweighs the risk of disenfranchising thousands of qualified voters. Good for that uh, federal judge. We'll see if the decision holds up uh, as uh, Kobach uh, almost certainly appeals to the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, to keep, what, three voters, three illegal voters from voting, he's willing to risk the votes of tens of thousands of voters. It is just remarkable. Okay, let's get on to election results uh, in both Kentucky and in Oregon. We're going to, for now, completely ignore the Republicans because, in fact, everyone has dropped out other than Donald Trump. So, yeah, Donald Trump uh, took the race handily in Oregon. There was no Republican race in Kentucky. They uh, they had their primary back on March 5, I think it was. So we're only dealing with Democrats in the results and the concerns about those results today. In Kentucky, uh, Clinton, and this is just what I, man, I had, uh, Des, you were here on this show yesterday or the day before when I begged. I pleaded. <laughs> I begged or pleaded for there to be a huge margin of victory in Kentucky, no matter whether that huge margin of victory went to Hillary Clinton or whether it went to Bernie Sanders, a huge margin of victory because while uh, Kentucky has been moving to paper ballots over the past few years, they still use 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems in a bunch of counties in Kentucky. Therefore, I prayed for that huge margin because if it was a close margin, there would never be any way to know who actually won the state of Kentucky, given the fact that so many of the votes, if the number of votes cast on those unverifiable touchscreens was larger than the margin of difference, then, in fact, uh, it would be impossible to know for certain who actually won. And my prayers, once again, were not answered. As so uh, the margin is incredibly close, remains incredibly close today, uh, out of about half a million votes cast, uh, there is currently, last I checked here before we went to air, uh, a 1,924 vote lead for Hillary Clinton. She leads by less than 2,000 votes. That's less than one half of 1% over Bernie Sanders. Uh, I should note that AP, to their credit, has not called the race in Kentucky. To their credit, 
To their credit, they have not called the race. I know that others have. Others like CNN and NBC News have called it to their shame. Despite the fact that uh, uh, ballots in Kentucky are uh, you know, run through an optical scanner, they are not checked by hand to make sure that those computers tabulated them correctly, and despite the fact that thousands of votes were cast on completely unverifiable systems on which we will never know how the voters actually intended to vote. Uh, same situation we saw a couple of weeks ago back in the state of Missouri, and I pointed that out in the time at the time, and it led to uh, both the Republican and the Democratic race in Missouri. We will never know who actually won those races. Just another reason to get rid of those godforsaken touchscreen machines, uh, and another reason to you know actually count paper ballots by hand by humans rather than by optical scan computers, which often get the uh, get it wrong, particularly in a race this close. So, uh, you know, in many ways, I wished, uh, frankly, uh, Sanders had won by uh, even a thousand votes. So I could have pointed out this problem without being accused of, of being a, a Sanders uh, supporter. Uh, or a hill bot. Either way, um, I, I can't win here. But uh, I, I would point this story out the exact same thing, whether Sanders had won by just over a thousand or whether Clinton won by just over a thousand. Uh, it's a problem. And it will continue to be a problem in state after state until we do something about it in these United States of America. So uh, AP uh, reports that uh, Clinton campaigned in Kentucky on Sunday and Monday in an effort to break up Sanders' momentum after his recent victories in Indiana and in West Virginia over the past two weeks. Hillary Clinton, for her part, looked like she thought she was not going to win. She did not plan a, a, a victory speech. She did not speak after the uh, results were being declared in her favor. Uh, at least by some news outlets like CNN, like N N NBC. Uh, but she tweeted, We just won Kentucky. Thanks to everyone who turned out, we're always stronger united. Well, we don't know that she won. And uh, I don't think the Democratic Party is particularly united right now. I should note that Hillary Clinton won in Kentucky back in 2008 against Barack Obama by a huge margin, 65 to 29 uh, but not so now. Uh, she is a weakened candidate, I should say. Uh, she also won in uh, West Virginia back in 2008 by 40 points, but she lost narrowly to uh, Bernie Sanders there last week. Uh, AP is reporting that the Sanders campaign has not said immediately whether they will challenge the results in Kentucky, where they do not have an automatic recount. I would be surprised, frankly, if they did challenge those results, given the fact that uh, the uh, delegates there are given out proportionally. So even if they uh, changed a thousand votes this way, a thousand votes that way, uh, they would still essentially split the delegates. Uh, right now, uh, they split the delegates uh, 27 apiece coming out of Kentucky. Uh, you know what's not helpful when we have these sort of contests? Uh, what Alison Lundergren Grimes did. She's the Secretary of State, Democratic Secretary of State. I like her. I think she's a, a, a decent person. Um, but uh, she spoke recently at a rally. 
for Hillary Clinton. This is the Secretary of State, the chief election official in the state of Kentucky. Uh, and, and here's what she had to say. Today, I'm not only here to do my job as your Secretary of State to make sure folks actually get to the polls to vote, but second and most importantly, to support a family, both the former president and the woman who I believe will be our next president. Now, uh, people are having questions. Sanders supporters are having questions about the results in Kentucky and uh, justifiably so. It does not help when a secretary of state, the you know, the ultimate arbiter of of the uh, the election process in the state comes out and endorses a candidate that drives me crazy. It's not unusual. They do it all the time. Uh, I've got a story here about uh, California secretary of state Alex Padilla, also a Democrat. Uh, he's going to be uh, holding a fundraiser for Hillary Clinton coming up this Saturday. Uh, contribution levels range from 100 to 1,000. Uh, Secretary of State Alex Padilla. And we don't have our primary here for another uh, two or three weeks, June 7th, uh, coming up. What the hell is the uh, chief state election official doing at a fundraiser? For Hillary Clinton. I didn't like it when Republicans did it, and they still do it. I didn't like it when, when J. Kenneth Blackwell was the co-chair of the Bush-Cheney uh, re-election campaign back in 2004 in Ohio. I didn't like it when uh, Florida Governor Jeb Bush's appointed Secretary of State Catherine Harris, obviously a Republican, was endorsing W back in 2000. Their job is not just to help people get to the polls, as Lundergan Grimes suggested there in their in that clip, but it's to be the arbiter of the rules and the official overseer of the certified results and, and the tabulation in most states. Secretaries of state should not be doing that. I know no one is nonpartisan, but even the appearance of a conflict of interest is not helpful. You know, uh, I just we, when it comes to elections, nobody, no matter how great a public official they are, nobody is to simply be trusted. So even if they didn't endorse, I wouldn't be suggesting you simply trust them. Uh, but that's why we need elections that are 100 percent overseeable by the electorate. So we don't have to trust any election officials. But in any event, it's certainly not helpful uh, and certainly not to them and to the job they're supposed to do. I suspect Lundergan Grimes is is under suspicion today because of some of the problems that happen in Kentucky that I'll get to in a bit. Under suspicion by Sanders supporters uh, because she endorsed a candidate in the election. It's like they, they just can't stand to be irrelevant for five minutes. They have to get in the game or something. I don't understand it. Uh, in any event, yes, we will get to those problems in in Kentucky in a bit. But let me get to Oregon and just the results as is uh, not nearly as close. Thankfully, on this one, my prayers were answered, uh, at least as far as avoiding a close race. Uh, Bernie Sanders walloped Hillary Clinton in the state of Oregon, 56 percent to 44 uh, percent. That's a 12 point victory. Uh, for Bernie Sanders in Oregon and a nine delegate pickup. He received 34 delegates to Clinton's 25. Again, they are put out proportionally. So the best math we have means he's going to pick up nine delegates, which won't get him very far when it comes to catching up with Hillary Clinton in the pledged 
uh, delegate contest. It's the 20th state won by Bernie Sanders. By my math, he says 21 victories for us so far. Um, he might be counting some of the, uh, uh, the 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 islands. What do we call them? The protectorates, Puerto Rico and, and places like that. Um, so he says uh, 21 victories for him so far. Three more virtual ties, which is what he considers Kentucky at this point. They do use all paper ballots in Oregon. That's the good news. The bad news is they are all still scanned by optical scan computers, either correctly or incorrectly. Who knows? And they are all mail-in ballots in Oregon, which I am not a great fan of. Uh, Nate Silver points out over at 538 that Sanders won Washington State, neighboring Washington State, that primary, by 46 points. Uh, but he noted last night she was leading. Uh, he was leading Clinton by only 10 points. Uh, now it's apparently 12 points. But the uh, uh, he, he notes that that is the difference between an open caucus, which is a great format for Sanders, and a closed primary, as we had uh, in Oregon on Tuesday. And more evidence that, in fact, Bernie Sanders is pulling in a lot of independent voters, which I would think the Democratic Party would be in favor of. Um, Bernie Sanders speaking at a huge rally in Carson, California, on Tuesday night as his win from Oregon was just coming in, vowed to stay in until the last ballot is cast. This is, in a sense, the beginning of the final push to win California. And by the way, I should tell you that there are a lot of people out there, many of the pundits and politicians, they say Bernie Sanders should drop out. The people of California should not have the right to determine who the next president will be. Well, let me be as clear as I can be. I agree with you. We are in to the last ballot is cast. Let me also say a word to the leadership of the Democratic Party. And that is, that is that the Democratic Party is going to have to make a very, very profound and important decision. It can do the right thing and open its doors and welcome into the party people who are prepared to fight for real economic and social change. the Democratic Party I want to see, bringing in people who are willing to take on Wall Street, to take on corporate greed, and to take on a fossil fuel industry which is destroying this planet. So I say to the leadership of the Democratic Party, open the doors, let the people in.
The other option for the Democratic Party, which I see as a very sad and tragic option, is to, tr is to choose to maintain its status quo structure, remain dependent on big money campaign contributions, and be a party with limited participation and limited energy. And a party which incredibly is allowing a right-wing extremist Republican party to capture the votes of a majority of working people in this country. Now I come from the working class of this country and I will be damned I will be damned if we will allow the Republican Party, whose job is to represent the rich and the powerful, to win the votes of working-class Americans. That was an energized Bernie Sanders after his uh, after his win in Oregon on Tuesday night and his uh, what he called a virtual tie up in Kentucky on Tuesday night speaking to a huge crowd. And it was a huge rally in Carson, California, vowing to stay in uh, until the last vote is cast. The last vote is cast not only in California on June 7, but the following week in Washington, D.C. as well, where they hold the actual last primary out there on uh, on June 14. By the way, those who uh, we have a lot of listeners, I know, out here in California, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the registration deadline is this coming Monday, May 23rd, if you would like to participate in that primary. Uh, I've received some reports as well, by the way, of voter registrations being purged. Voters who thought they were registered, turns out they weren't. I cannot confirm those reports personally at this time, but I would urge you to check your registration. If you'd like to vote out here in California, you can go to registertovote.ca.gov register to vote.ca.gov if you'd like to register uh, or uh, uh, get information on how to change your registration in Los Angeles, your party affiliation in Los Angeles. You can go to lavote.net. Uh, if you want to vote in the Democratic primary, you must not be registered as a Republican or as an American independent party member. Uh uh, so you can and I think you can't be libertarian either, but I know a lot of people signed up uh, registered to vote thinking they were signing up as an independent, but they signed up as an American independent party member. That will mean you only get to vote in the American independent party's primary. So if you want to vote as a uh, Democrat, you can be a Democrat or a decline to state no party preference independent, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, but not a Republican or an AIP, American Independent Party voter. you got to do that by May 23rd. Uh, as I mentioned also earlier, the last day to submit an application for a vote-by-mail ballot is May 31. So that's coming up. The uh, L.A. County Clerk, Dean Logan, says uh, that voters who are registered as no party preference and would like to vote in the June 7 presidential primary for a Republican a green or a peace and freedom presidential candidate must re-register in one of those three parties if they want to vote uh, in, in the Republican, the green or the peace and freedom primary. I think we may be speaking with uh, Dr. Jill Stein 
uh, candidate in the Green Party uh, running for president uh, coming up soon. So uh, if you want to vote for Green, you need to do that as well by May 23rd. Uh, As uh, Bernie pointed out in his uh, speech, it will be an uphill climb to overtake Hillary Clinton, she still leads by a healthy number of pledged delegates, 279, but there are still a lot of them out there uh, between now and June 15. And, of course, Bernie Sanders says that uh, depending on how things go, he may go to the convention in July and try to push for the superdelegates to change uh, their minds. And when, when it's time to actually cast their vote which they haven't done when it is time for them to pledge uh, their vote to vote for him instead, as he believes he is uh, a more viable candidate to take on Donald Trump this November. Okay, there were problems uh, with the results as they came in in both Kentucky and Oregon. I've tried to look into as many of those as I can, and I will go through all the details As possible, as time allows, after this break, uh, yes, democracy requires oversight by we the people. So a bit of oversight after this break. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. I say to the leadership of the Democratic Party, open the doors, let the people in. We'll see. We'll see if they come running. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Will they come running to the June 7 uh, primary in California, in North Dakota, South Dakota, New Mexico, Montana, and New Mexico, and then in Washington, D.C.? Well, Bernie Sanders hopes so. In the meantime, Bernie Sanders supporters are quite concerned about a couple of... uh, Uh, issues that uh, happened in both Kentucky and Oregon on Tuesday night in the primaries in those states. I've tried my best, as I do, uh, to look into them. Let me tell you what I know and what I don't know, starting off with Kentucky. Uh, This is probably uh, the, the, the concern that I heard more than anything last night and still today over and over and over again largely due to some terrible reporting out there WSAZ in Kentucky reports headline 31 Kentuckys report election fraud Tuesday this is WSAZ News Channel 3 
confusing and misleading their uh, the voters around the nation. Uh, the story starts more than 76 reports of election fraud from 31 counties were called into the Kentucky Attorney General's hotline during Tuesday's primary Attorney General Andy Bashir reports. Well, no, Andy Bashir. Uh, does not report that. Only WSAZ does. The actual report, the responsible way for reporting this, came from uh, WKMS, an NPR station at Murray State in Kentucky. Um, in fact, the uh, their headline is, The number of calls to Kentucky election fraud hotline surpasses 2015 election night. And in fact, uh, they did. Uh, Andy Bashir, the attorney general in Kentucky, uh, said that the uh, hotline received 76 calls from 31 counties as of 7.05 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and that number did surpass the 52 calls that uh, total that the hotline received back on uh, November 3rd. 2015 in the statewide election night. But they then give the breakdown of the complaints. Uh, And if you look at them, and this is all 76 that came in, if you look at them, most of them in county after county were procedural question, voter assistance, voting machine, procedural question, procedural question, voter assistance, procedural question. Legal question, procedural question, legal question, election official, voting machine. These were not, uh, as WSAZ News Channel 3, the uh, uh, terrible News Channel 3 in Frankfort, Kentucky, these were not 76 reports of election fraud from 31 counties. No, 31 Kentucky counties did not report election fraud on Tuesday night. And that was picked up. It wasn't just WSAZ, but other uh, uh, people, other uh, news outlets, other, frankly, less than reliable news outlets picked up on that. Breaking rampant election fraud reported in 31 Kentucky counties, says BipartisanReport.com. Completely untrue. There is not rampant election fraud being reported in 31 Kentucky counties and about 30 seconds of investigation bears that out. Uh, Okay, that is one report, but it's one that I continue to hear about today. Uh, Just, you know, we'll see what those reports actually turn out to be from the uh, uh, Kentucky attorney general. Um, there, there is a history in Kentucky, well documented by me at bradblog.com, of fraud, of vote buying, of vote selling, of actually tampering with electronic voting machines, actually changing the votes of voters on touchscreen voting machines, specifically in Clay County, Kentucky. It happened for years. And in uh, 2011, uh, some nine top election officials in Clay County were sentenced to 156 years in jail for this longtime conspiracy that was going on in Clay County. Uh, And and the election officials there in Clay County, by the way, who were found guilty, the county clerk, a uh, a district court judge, the school superintendent. So, yes, it happens. It can happen. It does happen in certainly in Kentucky. 
But uh, the evidence that we have here is mostly procedural questions and concerns. We will see if uh, more comes out. There were in Breathitt, is that how you say it? I don't know. Uh, Breathitt County, uh, some five calls, four concerning vote buying and selling and one procedural question. So we will see. But no, not rampant election fraud in in. 31 counties or whatever they misreported. Uh, So many people misreported. Okay, Uh, moving on. uh, There was also a concern in Pike County, uh, Kentucky, where uh, suddenly votes disappeared, were zeroed out, zeroed out across the entire county. And uh, this, of course, was being reported uh, on the internets uh, as uh, Bernie Sanders loses 5,000 Kentucky votes in a microsecond. We come to expect it. The system is rigged. Hashtag election fraud. Okay, well, it is true. Uh, Some 5,000 or so Sanders votes did disappear suddenly. It is caught on video on Fox News as they had the results up there suddenly. Thousands of Sanders votes disappeared. And at the same time, thousands of Hillary Clinton votes also disappeared at precisely the same moment on that same videotape being cited as the system is rigged, election fraud, Bernie Sanders loses 5,000 votes. Okay, so uh, what actually happened here in Pike County when these votes suddenly did, and they did, they zeroed out across all the candidates all at once. It was a... uh, 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 a county that Bernie Sanders had been leading in about, uh, let's see, 55 percent to 26 percent, according to screenshots. This is from AP screenshots that we were able to capture before the votes were zeroed out. WKYT, a Kentucky uh, media outlet, reports that the Pike County Clerk's Office tells us they had issues with one of their card readers that has caused them to have uh, to have a delay on their numbers. Now, I've tried to reach the Pike County clerk today, as well as the Kentucky, uh, Kentucky Secretary of State, to try to get more information on what exactly was the problem with those card readers, what exactly that means. Uh, and I have not yet gotten a return call from either of those uh, of those two. If I get that in the coming days, I will share it with you as I have throughout the process. Uh, but in Pike County, they do use paper ballots that are optically scanned by computers, either correctly or incorrectly. Who knows? But that's what they do. And uh, these memory cards that scan these uh, uh, that are in these optical scan computers that uh, scan these ballots, they often fail. It's not unfortunately, it's not entirely unusual. And if they failed and decided, you know what, let's zero it out and rescan everything, uh, that would be a good thing. Uh, And that appears to be what has happened, because when the results were restored to both Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, the uh, the percentages were pretty much uh, identical. Um, Each uh, had picked up about uh, what do we we've got screenshots again before and after. This stuff is is confirmable. Uh, Bernie Sanders uh, picked up, it looks like, uh, uh, almost 2,000 votes. Hillary Clinton picked up, um, uh, looks to be about 800 votes uh, during that time. So they basically picked up votes to a similar percentage that they had before the results were zeroed out. And yes, when the results are zeroed out, that is a serious concern. And we have seen problems happen 
when the computers go down. We saw that late night, for example, in 2004 in Ohio. When the results went down, John Kerry was winning against George W. Bush. And when they came back up, George W. Bush was winning against John Kerry. So it certainly is a concern, and that's why I've been telling people for years to get screenshots throughout the night. Thankfully, people did. Matt Searsley was able to was the first one to get me a a screenshot of what happened in Pike County just before the results went down, before they were zeroed out, and then when they came back up. So um, again, I can't confirm exactly what happened during that uh, time that the votes went out, but it appears that when they were restored, they were restored as expected. A lot of people have been pointing to that to claim. Hillary is stealing the election. There is no evidence that Hillary is stealing the ele- uh, the election based on what happened in uh, in Pike County. Um, as far as it being reported that uh, the the uh, when those uh, votes were zeroed out, that it quote ended up pushing Hillary Clinton ahead. Well, yes, it did um, because she was reportedly leading elsewhere in the state when those votes were uh, zeroed out. So yes, for a time when those votes disappeared. She was ahead, but then they were restored. And it is not accurate to say that uh, the uh, momentarily disappeared votes gave the victory to Hillary Clinton, at least um, as I see it currently and as I'm seeing uh, with these complaints in social media and the somewhat less than reliable media outlets out there. Okay, that is uh, that is Kentucky. And uh, if you have questions about it, concerns about it, if you think that the uh, secretary of state isn't properly overseeing the election in Kentucky, well, you would have good reason because of what we mentioned in the in the previous segment. Yes, she is a Hillary Clinton supporter. So that's why it's important for people to be able to oversee their own elections. If you have concerns about what happened in Pike County or elsewhere, please feel free to press for a uh, for a hand count for a recount. Make public records requests to try to figure out what happened. That's what we the people need to be doing. But we don't need to be uh, shouting fraud when we don't necessarily have that evidence of fraud yet. And yes, it is harder to get that evidence in Kentucky because so much of the state votes on 100 percent unverifiable touchscreens for which there is no evidence. Sorry. Over to Oregon. Uh, 11,000 votes suddenly came in for Clinton. In Marion County. Well, yes, that's true. Uh, And we have screenshots of that as well, before and after. In Marion County, uh, suddenly uh, Hillary Clinton picked up 11,000 votes out of nowhere. And Sanders' votes did not change at all. But let's take a closer look at Marion County and at these screenshots. Okay, Um, initially it showed Sanders beating Clinton in Marion County. 11,281 to 257 for Hillary Clinton. That's right. He was winning 98% to 2, which seems incredibly unlikely. Uh, When the uh, change happened that has freaked people out, it looks like, uh, and this was, again, not the Secretary of State's reporting, as we saw in Kentucky, but uh, in Oregon, this was uh, AP. This was an AP report. And it looks like an AP actually, uh, you know, punches a lot of these numbers in by hand throughout the night. It looks like they simply left off the 11, as in 11,000 from the numbers. So it was 11,281 
to 257. And then AP added the missing 11, and it became 11281 to 11257. So instead of 98% to 2, it turned out to be a little bit over 50% to 49 in Marion County as this uh, error happened, which seems to be a typo. I went back to the Marion County um, race from 2008, Obama versus Clinton, and yes, we had more similar numbers to that. Uh, Barack Obama won there by about uh, 21,000. Hillary Clinton had about 18,000. Uh, so those numbers are more correct, and that was most likely a typo. Uh, Oregon, as I pointed out, does use all vote-by-mail balloting, uh, for which I am no fan. I know you folks in Oregon like it. That's fine. Um, but uh, one uh, of the one concern that has been so far reported in Oregon, and it does take days and weeks and sometimes a month for all the details to come out, but a Klamath Falls ballot box at the Klamath Basin Senior Center was broken into over the weekend and ballots were found. This is a drop box where people are able to, you know, drop off their mail and ballots. Uh, ballots were found uh, in a nearby dumpster, according to a press release from the Klamath County clerk. The ballots will still be counted uh, and voters who have concerns uh, can call the uh, Klamath County uh, uh, clerk and make sure the ballot arrived, check on their ballot status. A replacement ballot can be issued if it has not been uh uh, received. Well, that was yesterday. I don't know if you can still get a, uh, a ballot. Tampering with ballots is a Class C felony in Oregon, uh, and they believe that it is an isolated incident. Um, so uh, lots of reports from people watching and taking screenshots, etc. last night. Lots of concern. That is a good thing. I have been begging folks for years to do that, and now they are. So that is good. Thank you. Keep it up. Uh, Now we just got to get folks to realize that there are sometimes perfectly reasonable explanations for some of these concerns, many of which can be obtained with uh, some just a little bit of checking, a little bit of common sense. If you're a media outlet out there, please do some common sense checking, make a phone call or two. Uh, And then instead of screaming voter fraud, as uh, many people are doing out there. Well, I should say, actually, since the beginning of the primary, they were yelling voter fraud. Now, at least they're yelling election fraud. Good. Thank you. Because in most of these cases, the concern is not about voters. The voters are doing fine. Leave them alone. It's Republicans who are pretending that voters are somehow uh, committing massive fraud. They are not. At least we have no evidence that they are. Uh, But election fraud is certainly a concern. But before you start screaming it, let's try to look in uh, to what's actually going on. And rather than screaming fraud when we cannot uh, prove or we don't yet have evidence of fraud, some of these things could be simple error, Uh, Let's investigate and let's use bigger, better guns like uh, filing for hand counts and making Freedom of Information Act requests when these uh, concerns exist. And there are concerns. Uh, One of them that I don't have time to get into right now is quite troubling. Rocky de la Fuentes. He's a a minor. uh, I don't want to call anybody minor, but he's a he's a candidate in the Democratic uh, Party for president. You may or may not have heard of him. He's been on a number of ballots in the primaries around the country. And uh, frankly, he has screenshots of his votes going backwards in a number of states around the country. Yes, that is cause for concern. Yes, Rocky, please do 
uh, file Freedom of Information Act requests, contact me. I'll try to try to help ask for hand counts because there is reason to be concerned. Um, and uh, but, you know, let's wait until we actually have good cause to shout and yell and scream fraud or ain't nobody going to listen to you at all. I know this for a fact. I've been covering this for more than a decade. Uh, but anyway, keep up the good fight. Keep fighting to get rid of touchscreen uh, voting systems and fighting for democracy's gold standard so we can avoid this nonsense altogether. Handmarked, hand-counted paper ballots counted in public at the precinct with results posted right then and there before ballots are moved anywhere. If the public could oversee this entire mess then we probably wouldn't have all the concerns and the people who are losing uh, confidence in our electoral system. All right, I know, had more to get to, but we got to take a break. We'll come back with the Green News Report right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. for you month after month after month as you'll find out on our uh, latest green news report no time to get into uh, some of the point that media was just obsessed with uh, why isn't bernie getting out bernie needs to get out instead of uh, saying uh, you know what yeah let's let everyone vote and then find out what happens drives me crazy i've got uh, some more thoughts on that and some more information from tuesday night uh, we'll see maybe we'll get to it on our next thrilling episode but we haven't time for it now we have time only for our latest green news report Global protests for action on climate change receive no coverage in the corporate media obama's epa issues new rules to cut the methane Shell Oil gives the Gulf of Mexico another spill. A win for whales, plus, stop me if this sounds familiar, April 2016 was the hottest April ever recorded. How could I stop you if you didn't tell me what it was until after you said stop me if it sounds... Anyway, all of those stories and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Oh, your asthma means it's working. Yep. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, the fire ravaging across Canadian oil sands country, ironically enough, Continues. Yes, there are now new evacuations in the still raging Fort McMurray fire. On Monday, 4,000 workers have been ordered to be evacuated from the oil camps. Officials say that the fast-moving fire is still destroying about a mile of forest an hour. If the fire overtakes the work camps, the good news is that the tar sands themselves are not really very flammable while in the ground. But the camps themselves are stocked with gasoline, propane, and toxic industrial chemicals. Oh, brother. The massive wildfire has been driven by high winds and record heat in Canada. Go figure. 
I wonder how that happened. Speaking of record heat, it's official. April 2016 was the hottest April ever recorded on the planet since record keeping began. That's according to new global temperature data released by NASA over the weekend. In a month that saw record ice melt in Greenland and the Arctic, April also broke the record for record breaking. It was the third month in a row to break the previous record by the largest margin ever recorded. This is amazing. Every single month now, month after month after month, is a record hot month. That's right. Following year after year and now a uh, third year in a row, probably on track to be the hottest year ever recorded on planet Earth. Yes, to be specific, the last 12 months in a row have each been the hottest of that month ever registered. And you're right, 2016 right now is all but certain to be the hottest year on record, meaning that the last three successive hottest years in a row were all records, and that has never happened before in human history. Well, that can't be, because Trump told me... All of this with the global warming and that, a lot of it's a hoax. It's a hoax. I mean, it's a money-making industry, okay? It's a hoax. It's just a hoax. Well, not to the Obama administration. They have issued landmark new rules to cut the methane. Methane emissions, that is. The EPA issued the first ever regulations to curb emissions of methane leaking from oil and gas industry operations. The goal is to cut methane, a very potent greenhouse gas, by 45 percent over the next 10 years. But the new rules apply only to new wells. Rules for existing wells are in development. Naturally, the oil and gas industry saying that they're already working on controlling those leaks and that the cost is going to outweigh what they say is only a marginal benefit. Scientists disagree. So the industry says its voluntary efforts should be enough? Yes. Despite the fact that for decades now they have failed to curb the methane leaking off of these uh, sites? Exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why we don't just trust them. Another world is possible, but we are Protesters all over the world, including in the U.S. Capitol, marched for climate action over the weekend, demanding a global transition to clean energy. In Colorado, protesters temporarily blocked an auction of oil drilling leases on public lands. In England, protesters blockaded a coal export facility. In Australia, protesters blockaded one of the world's largest open pit mines. It was all part of Break Free 2016, a 12-day campaign said to be the largest global civil disobedience campaign in the history of the climate movement. Demonstrations occurred all over the world, but at least here in the U.S., very little coverage in the corporate media. I saw no coverage in the corporate media. Uh, Again. But maybe you heard about this one. Shell Oil says it's making progress on cleaning up an estimated 90,000 gallons of oil that spilled in the Gulf of Mexico on Friday, about 100 miles south of the Louisiana coast. Shell says that the slick will not impact the shoreline or commercial fisheries. Of course they do. Finally, a win for whales at least whales around Hawaii, a federal judge has ordered the U.S. Navy to halt harmful high-intensity sonar used in training exercises in certain areas where whales are known to migrate and breed. Studies have shown that high-intensity sonar can cause damage to marine animals' ears, making them bleed, and is linked to mass strandings and lower breeding rates of certain species. Thanks to that federal judge. And thank you, Desi Doyen, for much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today. Check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. From bradblog.com, 
I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. My thanks to our producer today, Desi Doyan, and my thanks to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It's greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop me email, I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. If you'd like to send me uh, kind or dirty words on the Twitters or the Facebooks, you can do so. I am the Brad Blog. And my thanks to those of you, by the way, who have stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us stay on the air and continue doing what we do here. Okay, until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.